Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And today we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite subject, the New Age. Yeehaw. <laughs> well, not directly. Well, we're kind of looking at a specific aspect of The it. fruits of the New Age. <laughs> okay. The, the, the thoughts of the New Age, we should say. It's not, yeah, it's not the whole thing. It's just right. a little chunk of it because yeah. it's so massive. There's no way you could cover it all in one go anyways. But, uh, yeah, we're talking about, um, manifestation or law of attraction, new thought, visualization, whatever you want to call it. There's probably differences between those things, but manifestation is the term I hear most often and karma, a dash of karma. Cause why not? Reason being, I've had conversations about both of these things these week. This week, it's fresh in my mind, and I thought I could drag Randy down this rabbit hole. And you're salty about it. <laughs> I'm not salty about it. It's just interesting. So let's talk about it. We're going to do that right after a quick word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Okay, so, um, manifestation and karma. How familiar are you with these well, concepts? Quick disclaimer here. Everything I know about karma, I learned from my name is Earl. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's his whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Do good things and good things happen. Do bad things, bad things happen. Yeah, I mean, okay. And, um, okay. Yeah, before we travel too far down either one of these rabbit holes. So, I mean, that's, that's your, I mean, is that literally like all you've ever looked into it? I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, I did some prep for, uh, for the podcast, looked into karma, looked at the history of karma and decided that that is not all that helpful for what we're talking about. Right. We're, we're kind of going down the applicational 
rabbit hole with this thing today. Yeah. Like in the biblical one. Like, right, right. How right. does this fit? Um, okay. So yeah, karma, like you said, is essentially the idea that the good you put out in the world comes is going to, it's going to come back around to you, right? Yeah. And the bad you yeah. put out, that's going to come back around to you. Right. No, I mean, karma ends up tying into like reincarnation and all sorts of stuff. We're not yeah, getting into in, that. In Buddhism, it does. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, I think even in certain beliefs through Hinduism, it does as well. Buddhism, Hinduism, and Sikhism were the three. They they were all Indian religions, and they all have an intrinsic belief in karma. But in all of them, it's kind of a later development. It's not part of their core belief system. Right. Yeah, it's 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 honestly like it seems like the Eastern um, opportunity to try and make sense of morality. Yeah, you know, yeah, it that, is. That, yeah, that, that seems makes to be what it's really trying to right. get at. Uh, but that that that's basically karma. We'll we'll get back around to okay. you know how people talk about that, what they say right. with it, um, and then manifestation or you know. Uh, the law of attraction or visualization. They're all okay, kind now you've of said that twice law of attraction. Why does it explain that unpack that a little bit? What is the law of attraction? Are you familiar? And, no. Okay. No, not um, at all. I, I, the best I understand, like there's probably nuances between these that separate them, but by and large, they're all kind of the same idea. Okay. It's uh law of attraction, uh, Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia article here will go from the, the most trusted source, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. would be, uh, that a belief is based on the idea, uh, that people and their thoughts are made from pure energy. Uh, so it's a spiritual belief that positive or negative thoughts bring positive or negative experiences into a person's life. Oh, okay. So okay. it's, it's. <laughs> so positive or negative exists out there objectively, and if I focus on the positive, well, they are energy from within you. Okay. Yeah. So, so gotcha. the the uh, people and their thoughts are made from pure energy. Okay, is the okay. belief here, and that uh, that like energy can attract like energy. So, um, allowing people to improve their health, wealth, or personal relationships is like the big okay idea behind this right that if you put good out i mean it's it's karma it seems connected to manifestation in some way right that good attracts good it's, yeah it's almost like bad it's attracts an bad. adaptation of manifestation kind of a this lies behind manifestation maybe right um now the issue with manifestation, though, is it just the concept of manifestation alone yeah. is that it is – I mean it, it's exactly what it sounds like. A manifestation of something is the embodiment, the okay. fruition, the coming true of a thought. So we should probably define when we're talking about in this podcast manifestation exactly what is it that we are talking about. Well, let's get a, a real – Get a real definition, not one of our made-up ones. <laughs> yeah, well, that wasn't a made-up one. I mean, that was like me going off of like a dictionary definition right. of what manifestation is. Gotcha. That would be something like of substance forming from a thought or an idea. 
Okay. That would be like your dictionary definition of a manifestation. It can also deal with like uh like ailments. It can be like seeing the symptoms of an of a sickness or something like that. Okay. Um but it gets a little tricky because each kind of new age belief seems to have their own thoughts on manifestation. So I mean, we could jump over here to like Oh, Let's do a popular psychology. Um, manifestation or manifesting refers to various self-help strategies that can purportedly make an individual's wishes come true by mentally visualizing them. Okay, yeah. Which is yeah. probably the most common way I hear it referred to, right? Right. Manifestation techniques are based on the law of attraction of new thought spiritually. While the process involves positive thinking or even directing requests to the universe, it also involves actions on the part of the individual. The practice was popularized by the film The Secret and a book of the same name by Rhonda Byrne. I, I don't know anything about that. But yeah, Oprah, Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Gabriel Bernstein, uh, these are all big supporters of this concept of okay. manifestation okay. so if there's any oprah fans out there you have most certainly heard about this at some point or another uh, okay um you'll also hear people call this visualization okay so coach klein and the water boy visualize and attack visualize and attack see most of what i know comes from these stupid comedy movies which <laughs> always throws me off because not once have I ever thought Randy's seen the water boy. Like that's never <laughs> ever been a thought in my brain. Hey, anytime it's on, I watch it. <laughs> it is pretty funny. It's dumb, but it's, it's funny. dumb. Yeah. All right. So, um, that, that's, that's it. That's the two sides of this. Um, okay. I want to start kind of unpacking where you kind of see people take this. Okay. What people do with these kinds okay. of things. Um, so essentially, like manifestation, I had a conversation with somebody just this week uh, talking about manifestation where they believe um, that just like this said, that there's energy in all of us, that we have this these vibes that we put out there. And if I just believe in something enough, if I just want it enough that I will get it, that it okay. will happen for me. There are segments of the church that have very much followed that. See, this is where I get excited because yeah. I was wondering if you were going to take it here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back in the 60s, 70s, <clears throat> you have uh, Norman Vincent Peale, who I think he wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. Did you come across that in anything that you looked at? I didn't. But you can tell from the title, really, he's talking about manifestation. Uh Think positively and it will happen to you. Right. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people followed him. Um, uh, I mean, a lot of people. I can still remember one of my college professors. I went to a Christian college who started his class on Pauline literature saying, Paul is appealing and Peel is appalling. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, the idea that, uh, positive thinking, uh, really carries the day after him now to a lesser degree, but people like Robert Schuller, uh, the crystal cathedral, and even today, Joel Osteen, uh, mm -hmm. you still get, uh, 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 kind of like 
vestiges of of that power of positive thinking coming through. Right. Yeah, it's super common. And like I well, no, I mean it it kind of is in in like charismania circles especially. Yeah. Where like like Kenneth Copeland's lackeys, you know, like that crew is going to go full-blown name it claim it manifestation. Um you saw it with COVID when he blew COVID away. Yeah. He's like, COVID, I blow you away, you know, and like, and it's just gone, you know, it was just gone instantly. It was amazing. Um, except for it wasn't, but <laughs> well, <laughs> two years later it was. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, um, I, I get why people think about that biblically. Um, like, like why they think that that is a biblical concept. But it is not. Yeah, they they call it faith. The, hold on, the, uh, keep talking. Yeah, it, it seems to me that that yeah, they they talk about faith, not faith as a surety of a historical act, but as a belief in something that we all know isn't going to happen. Um. There is that segment of the church out there that looks at faith as something that we muster up inside ourselves. Right, which I think is all backwards in the first place, seeing that if faith comes from God to us, then we respond to faith. Yeah. You know, yeah. like even that isn't of us. Right. Right, which is maybe me leaning a little more Calvinist. I don't know in that moment, <gasps> but I think even the Wesleyan God is sovereign, even that, right? in the Wesleyan Church. <laughs> right, right, but they don't. I, I don't know. It's I guess the way things get talked about it doesn't sure. always come right. across yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you take uh, here we go, uh, John fourteen, uh, verse thirteen and fourteen. Uh, you can ask for anything in my name, and I uh, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Name it and claim it. Name it, claim it. Um, the problem is, that's not what he's saying there. Um, the, the whole narrative of Scripture is that our hearts will be conformed to the likeness of God; that our desires will meld into become like his desires right so it's like i'm not going to go ask for a million dollars or a right. ferrari or it's like i'm gonna ask that god's will be done i'm gonna ask like i yeah maybe that when does he mean says me. ask in my name that's kind of what he's saying ask according to my will okay yeah i mean okay so let's Let's take it there. I mean, this takes us all the way back to the Ten Commandments, right? To the "Thou shalt not uh, take the Lord of uh, the name of the Lord oh, in vain." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the name of your Lord in vain. Um, we have misquoted that for a long, long, long time, and it, it's not like we're way off, but we we've oversimplified it. Um, we've turned "Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain" as "Don't say OMG." Right. Right. Don't just say God's name is like a cuss word. Right. Right. We've right. turned it into blasphemy. Well, that's part of it. You shouldn't just use God's name as like some just plain Jane word. I mean, it's right. his. It's who yes. he is. He is 
the most high and he deserves reverence, right? So that's part of it. But the word take there in the Ten Commandments is actually bear, to bear something, to carry in Hebrew. And so when you look throughout the Hebrew Bible, you see things like, um, you know, you're my people. I am your God. I am going to write my name on your forehead and on your right hand, and I will write my law on your heart and all this. And so like we are to carry God with us. Our forehead represents our thought. Our right hand represents our our action. Our feet represent where we go. Our hearts represent what we desire, what we long for. And God wants us to long for his law, for 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 what he desires, right? So, yeah, when Jesus is saying, ask for it in my name, it almost harkens back to the Ten Commandments. He's saying, represent me in what you ask the Lord, you know, like, and I'll provide that. Yeah. But I think there's also a level to it where we look at it and we're like, well, every time I ask for anything, God is going to give it to me. Like he's my magical genie. Right. And it's like, well, no, maybe he has other purposes. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe asking that this person get well and they don't, and then we get mad and we think we didn't have enough faith. Maybe it's not that you didn't have enough faith. Maybe it's that God is going to use that person's sickness or maybe even that person losing their life to draw someone else nearer to him, which is greater when that person, that other person may have been saved and they're good. You know, like we, we don't see his purposes. We aren't God. We can, I mean, that's Job. We can't know his right, purposes right, and we're not yeah. meant to. Right. We just got to trust him. Yeah. So yeah, we can ask and yeah, he'll give it to us when it's according to his will. If it's not, he's not going to do it. So, I mean, that's the first monkey wrench in the manifestation machine. Right. Is it just doesn't really. Right. Scripture doesn't really say this. Right. Um, So I was digging into this book. Uh, Kind of a cool book. I I pick through it every once in a while. It's uh, by John uh, Ankenberg and John Weldon, and it's the Encyclopedia of New Age Beliefs. And they have this portion on visualization. And they're just talking through um, what it means. And when you get to the purposes and claims section, it says, having established the modern impact of visualization, we may examine the claims uh, proponents have made. These can be summarized under three dominant themes. The quest for personal power, the quest for inner knowledge or spiritual enlightenment, and the quest for physical health. Does that sound about right? Yeah. I mean, so I, I guess I'm thinking about like, Every new age guru I've ever seen, it seems like it's all about enlightenment. Yeah. It's all about like leveling up. It's all about like Knowledge. reaching your next level yeah. of ascension kind of thing. Um, or or physical health. Like have you seen some of these like Buddhist monks that just look like they're knocking on death's door, but somehow they're still alive? Like they're just <laughs> old, old, old. I mean yeah, like yeah. way old. Um but I, I think that's right. And part of the reason why I think that's right is because those are often the roots of where all sin comes from. The quest for power. Yeah. The quest for knowledge. Mm-hmm. The the quest for physical health. Right. Right. I mean, you could lump like sex in there. Sure. Um, wealth. You can throw wealth, wealth in there. Wealth. Yeah. Um, I, would, I, w- I would almost lump wealth and power together, though, because they're almost one and the same today. You think differently? 
I'm curious. No, no, no. I'm just realizing. Uh, so what did you name? Uh, power? Um, wealth. Power, spiritual enlightenment. Right. Knowledge and knowledge. spiritual enlightenment. Or uh, the quest for physical health. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking uh, here in the church, we're uh, getting ready to uh, preach on Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Solomon starts off Ecclesiastes saying these things are meaningless. Guess what he names? Power is meaningless. Wealth is meaningless. Uh, wisdom is meaningless. I love the last thing he says right there um, in chapter one, the way he ends it. Uh, the greater my wisdom, the greater my grief to increase knowledge only increases sorrow. Yeah. 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 And the point of the book of Ecclesiastes is not that these things are intrinsically meaningless, but that if that's the only thing in your life, there's no value in it. There is vanity. There is, it is meaningless. It is worthless. All of it has to be in conjunction with your relationship with God. Right. Because he is the one that attributes value to everything. Exactly. If there's no God, we're meaningless. Exactly. If there's no God, we're a happy accident. We're a bunch of brain fizz bubbling. Like that's all our thought is. That's all our feeling is. That's all love is. It's just a chemical reaction inside of you. And at that point, Jack the Ripper and Mother Teresa are equal footing. Yeah. You know, sure. like they're they're doing right. none of the – it doesn't matter. Right. doesn't matter. You can right. pick right. great people from history and the worst people from history. And if there is no God, and, and this is where atheists get super mad because they hate this argument, but it's like they can't give but a better what one. can you, yeah. They can't How give a better get around one. It? Exactly. Right. It's just, well, we assign meaning. Well, who cares? We don't mean anything. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what assignment we give something. We're worthless if there is nothing right. that gave us worth in the first place. Right. Um, but I I think about like all of this, what this all boils back to though. Um, and we haven't even got to karma, but just talking like manifestation, all it boils down to is worry that you're going to have enough, that you're going to be smart enough, yeah. that you're going to have the right stuff, that you're going to be powerful enough, that you're going to have health. It's, it's fear. And so if I just hope enough, I'll have it. The problem is the Bible tells us very contrary to that. Um, Matthew 6, 25 through 34, uh, I won't read all of it, but uh, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't reap or sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? It just goes on from that. But it's true. Yeah. And manifestation is, this is all I'm going to think about. My entire life now is going to Revolves become... around this, yeah. Well, dude, I've listened... So Doreen Virtue, um, she came out of the New Age. She was one of okay. the major New Age writers. Okay. A big deal. I would love to get her on the show at some point. I think she might have done something with Marsha Montenegro at some point. I don't remember. Okay. But um, Melissa Doherty is another one. Uh, great channels to go check out. Yep. Uh, all three of those names we just threw out there. Um, but 
um, Dorian Virtue, she said she was like trapped by this, like, I, I hope I'm not getting this wrong. I think it was her. It was one of the three, but she said that she was like trapped in this way of thinking where it was like every second of her being became this, like her trying to always think the right thing. Because if something didn't become manifested, it was because she didn't think it hard enough and want it hard enough. And so she became like enslaved to the system wow. of thinking where everything became, I have to want it. I have to put enough good vibes out. I have to, it's legalism. It, it, like it doesn't sound like it when you first say it. Right. But once you get in the system, you become That's a slave it to it. Into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like everything has to be so-so or else you will fail. And so, yeah, it, it just, it's, it's really icky when you really get down to it. Um, the other thing that's so strange to me about manifestation is how much good, like how wealthy, how much prosperity, how much good health, how much wisdom, knowledge, um, terrible people have. <laughs> that. Jason, before this, we got talking about karma and manifestation. He said, well, they kind of, they're kind of at odds with each other, aren't they? Like karma is like, if you put out good into the world, you get good back. And if you put out bad into the world, you get bad back. Manifestation, depending on who's talking about it, is if I just want it hard enough, I'll get it. Well, wait. I can't have I both have of those to, things. I don't have to put out any good right. to get something. All I have to do is want it. Right. And depending on how your new age beliefs stack up, because there is no right way of thinking about right. the new age. Right, right, Everybody's got their own view on right. it. Right. There's no like solid doctrine of new age. I can say, sure, that's how it works. I can be evil and want it bad enough and get good. And I can still believe in karma and manifestation at the same time even though they don't work together. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep, like I do. They're contradicting yeah. and the weird thing is most people believe in both of them. Sorry, yeah. most people that believe in this sort of thought believe in both. It's a house of cards, man. But people who believe in it, correct me if I'm wrong here. By and large, they believe that they're going to get something good out of it, right? I mean, you really, you really don't usually hear people talk about this stuff and talk about all the sin in their lives. So because that's the other thing is there really is no bad in the new age. Like, okay, it's very, it's like, I can never really call you evil, even if you're Adolf Hitler, because new ageism is based on the thought of we are all God. God exists in all of us. Right. The the phrase namaste, that means the light in me, the God in me right. acknowledges the light in you, the God okay. in you. So it's like this super woo woo, like, hi, you're God. I'm God. It's great to see you. Um, and so if I'm, you know, uh, St. Paul or I'm Hitler, I am just the universe experiencing itself. And so who is really to say if your experience is right or wrong? You're just trying to work out the kinks to 
to gain more enlightenment. Right. So when you're reincarnated because of the karmic system, the next time you may do a little worse and then maybe you'll learn from your lesson or maybe you get a little better this time and then maybe you learn that lesson. And eventually through enough cycles of this, you will reach true enlightenment. And I believe that is nirvana. Maybe that's getting into Probably. Bo- it's yeah, getting into Buddhism. So. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like eventually you become like one with God, like one, one with God. Right. And so it gets super, super convoluted. And okay. I know that I just messed up some of that. Well, but that's the but, general idea. But where I was, where I was headed with that was, so if I'm doing good things, I'll believe in karma because I do good things and good things happen back to me. If I'm doing things that are shady, then I'll believe in manifestation because if I just think about it hard enough, it'll come to me no matter if I'm doing good things or not so good things. Um, <laughs> I hear you. And, <laughs> and that is a huge problem for sure. Uh, I I don't – I do think that like Doreen Virtue, for instance, clearly she being a slave to the system actually did try to live it like the whole thing. Okay. You know what I mean? And saw that it didn't work. Right. So there are at least some people that honor it and go, I'm not doing good. Okay. Because I'm not getting the what I want. Right, right. And so right, if I'm not right. getting what I want, I must be falling short. Right. And so I don't know. I Maybe maybe there are some that can flip-flop like that. But I would think as soon as you're not getting the results you want, you're going to have to go, oh, crap, what have I messed up? Yeah. Because it's completely up to you. Okay. Right? It's completely up to your works, right? It's super weird, man. So – I mean, that's manifestation. Okay, so we spent a lot of time talking about manifestation. Where does karma fit in all of this? Karma. Karma is interesting because karma is – there's something very almost right about it. Is there – I mean, so the my name is Earl understanding of karma is do good things, good things happen. Do bad things, bad things happen. That comes – from the great guru Carson Daly, uh, apparently that uh, <laughs> Earl watched while he was getting over a broken leg in a hospital bed. Is it that simple? Is that what karma says or is? I I'm going to be completely honest. I do not know enough about getting in depth with karma and what karma, like what the okay. teachings on karma are. If it's anything like everything else in the New Age, it probably changes from faith to faith. From person to okay, person. Okay. A little bit, right? But at the end of the day, it's you do good, you receive good. Okay. You do bad, you receive bad. And the problem with that is it's so close to accurate, but it's still wrong. I think there may even be some scripture that says things very similar to that. Right. Right. The problem is it's if you were to if you were to say like, OK, I heard Tim Mackey, I heard through the uh, the Bible Project once uh, they did like the wisdom literature. Right. Books. They yeah. did Job, Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. Right. And in their explanation, um, Ecclesiastes, they say, is kind of like this story of this like old wise teacher that is like reflecting on the darkness of the world and the meaninglessness of it, but then ultimately comes to show you that 
you know, through God, though, that's where meaning comes from. Um, Job is tragedy. Job is this story of, um, you know, when terrible things happen to you, trying to understand why, there isn't always an answer. And yeah. really, the answer yeah. for Job is, look, God says, I'm God. And yeah. I understand why this is happening to you. You couldn't begin to comprehend why this is happening to you. And that's not your job. That's my job. So just trust me and shut up. Right. Essentially. Right. Essentially, right. right? Which is not a very satisfying answer when you look at it from Job's point of view. No. No, it's not. But but really, I mean, well, to go deeper there, I mean, Job just wanted his answer. He really right. just wanted an answer from God and he got it. And it actually satisfied it him. It did. It did because he because then at least he knew God was there and God was with him right. and God was listening. Right. And at that moment he realized you are here. You're not just leaving me to my own like to to suffer on my own. I I trust you. Then you got Proverbs. And Proverbs is kind of this idea of um this beautiful kind of motherly character named wisdom. Right. And right. she has been interwoven into the fabric of our world through God's creation. She was there at the creation with God. Uh, I believe she was like the first of his creation, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's what I think it's uh, chapter seven or eight says. That may be worth pulling up. Um, I'll get it. If, yeah, if you, can, if you can look that up to see exactly what she says. Um, but the idea is God makes creation and it's like his justice, his wisdom is interlaced into the creation. And so when you are living the way this world was designed to be lived in, generally good things will happen to you. Yeah. And when you go against the way this world was designed to be lived in and we were designed to operate, you will reap the negative consequences of it. But it's not because I'm putting out positive energy and so positive energy is attracted to that. Right. It's that I am obeying the way God has set up the world. Right. And when I do that, good things do happen. Right. It's like I can't keep putting sugar in my gas tank and just hoping that the car is going to run. Right. Right. I have to put gasoline in my gas tank right. because that is how my car was designed to operate. It needs gas to run. And so the interesting thing about the, the reason I bring up all three of those is if you read Job just by itself or you read Ecclesiastes just by itself or you read the Proverbs just by themselves, you will get that one isolated account of each. But when you put all three together, you see they're all three working together. Yeah. That sometimes terrible things happen that they just do and we don't know why. And sometimes we can, you know, wax poetic on the world and look at how meaningless it seems. Right. And we realize it's not until we plug God into the equation and realize that he is the one behind all this and he is good and we get our meaning from him. Everything is meaningless without God. but. With God, things are good, right? And then you look at Proverbs, and if you were to just read it by itself, you may go, oh, if I do good, good will always happen to me. And if I do bad, bad will always happen to me. But all three of the, those things exist in the same universe. Exactly. Yeah. They aren't their own singular universes. So, yeah, 
if you do good, good generally will happen to you. But it doesn't have to. Not always. Because yeah. sometimes God's got bigger plans and you just can't understand them. And sometimes life just seems kind of meaningless because this, the good you do, it doesn't always yeah. reap the right consequences. And the bad Look at you Jesus. Do, right. Jesus is the only perfect person that's ever right. lived. And we Who killed him. Who did nothing but good. And he died. He gave his life. He, his life was taken from it. I mean, he was he was murdered as a criminal. Right. One of the worst deaths a person could could die. So wisdom and creation, chapter Proverbs 8, verse 25. Before the mountains were formed, before the hills, I was born. Before he made the earth and the fields and the first handfuls of soil, soil I was there. When he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans, I was there when he set the clouds above. I was there when he sets the limits of the sea. I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. How happy I was with the world he created. So, yeah, wisdom is part of the principle that God has created that the world operates by. Yeah. Wisdom is when we are living correctly in this world and uh, and and acting accordingly to the way we were designed to be. Right. Folly is the other woman in the story. Right. And she's the waiting seductress. around. Yeah, she's waiting around every corner to lead you off of the path right. and to death. Right. And right. folly is when we are not living accordingly. Um, you could break it down to living righteously or living sinfully. It is right. that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Proverbs is cool because it tells it in a very different way. One of the one of the uh, uh, themes that occurs in Proverbs is planning. Um, Proverbs nineteen twenty one: Many plans are in a person's heart, but the Lord's decree will prevail. God has an overarching plan. Mm -hmm for you. And no matter what your plans are, it's God's decree that will prevail. The, the, the key is we need to find out what that is. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent. One translation I looked at said, uh, hard work and careful planning. And I like that translation. Hard work and careful planning lead to profit. Anyone who's reckless becomes poor. <laughs> so there is this idea of conforming to God's plans. Uh, looking up that word in the Old Testament, there are three other verses in the Old Testament that really stood out to me. Uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. A lot of us have even memorized that. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. The same word is used in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts. This is what God says. It's that same word. He's saying my plans are not your plans. Your ways are not my ways. As heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my plans, my thoughts are higher than your plans or thoughts. And the last one blew me away. We've talked about this here in this podcast before. Genesis 6-5, when the Lord saw 
that human wickedness was widespread on the earth, and every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. The word that's translated there, human mind, is that word plan or thought. Hmm. God saw that everything that man planned to do was evil. Well, I mean, so let's riff on that a bit. So with that in mind, talking about like manifestation, right? We're talking about karma. Right. I have to put good vibes out to have good return to me. Um, the problem is God is saying the unsaved person is not capable of that. You're not capable of putting out good thought because at the end of that road of your thought is you. You're just being selfish at the end of that road. There isn't truly righteous thinking in an unsaved heart because the Holy Spirit isn't working through you. You can do good. You can do nice things, but at the end of that road, somewhere, somewhere there is a selfish motive or there is a sinful motive yeah. somewhere Yeah, because we operating of our own selves are completely wicked. So it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's wild. It's really wild that, that like, eat. I was thinking about this, um, Matthew 16, 25, Jesus says, whoever will save his life shall lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. I think that systems like karma or systems like manifestation are really interesting because as we've kind of said, there are things about those concepts that ring similar to what is written in the Bible. But they are just different enough. And so what I see there is karma and manifestation could trans could almost translate to, you know, the idea of Proverbs, like living wisely or li living foolishly, like in Proverbs. Yeah. Or yeah. could translate to asking the father anything in Jesus name and it will be given to you. Right. Right. Like you could almost say those things translate, but the difference is there's no Jesus in karma and there's no Jesus right. in manifestation. And Solomon at the end of the day says, and that's just, it's just worthless. It's worthless. Yeah. It's meaningless. It's smoke. Yeah. It's nothing. It's, it's vapor. It's here one minute and it's gone the yeah. next. It's yeah. you, you think it's wise. You think it's good. But at the end of the day, you will never find satisfaction in yep. that. And maybe that's God's grace to you that you're going to be let down by your system and you're always going to be aching for something more. And at the end of that road is Jesus. He has to be. Yeah. Is the only logical explanation out of the, the trap you've put yourself in when you live in the karmic system, when you live in the system of manifestation. Is that a fair statement? I think it is. Yeah. That may be all I have on that, man. So we start with karma and manifestation. We still end up with Jesus. Well, that's all things, right? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, every everything is going to anything that's not of God is going to let you down to the point that it's going to. I mean, hopefully, 
drag you to a place of desperation when you will see that there is only one way out. If the biblical presentation of the fall is anywhere near accurate, then anything that comes from us can lead to no good. Right. It will only lead to evil. Any solution for us has to come from us, to us, from outside of ourselves. Right. And the only thing that exists outside of ourselves is God. Right. So he has to provide us something. Now, that's not karma. It kind of looks like it because he provides good. And so we follow but that. But we did good. no good to, to We didn't. To not starting it. off. No. Nope. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um that I mean based on exactly what you just said though. I mean, it's what Jesus says here that if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. Yeah. Well, that's hanging on to my way. That's hanging on to my systems. That's hanging on to the world that I want to live in. I believe in karma. I believe in manifestation. I believe in the new age. Well, at the end of the day, that's just going to fail you. Yeah. And you're going to realize, I mean, we've already shown that even logically it doesn't work. It does. They can't coexist. It right. doesn't work right. together. Right. So like, okay, well, there's, there's a hiccup. Well, you start following that breadcrumb of, trail of hiccups and if you actually are seeking the truth long enough if you're actually willing to lay down every mistake and say i'm wrong on this i'm wrong on this eventually that's going to lead you to the truth of jesus christ yeah and that's his holy spirit leading you away from it um so yeah i mean if you're hearing this and you're like hey you guys are idiots and we disagree entirely hey write in and let me know why i'd love to read why uh and to talk about that but um, we just hope that you hear this out and understand that y you can't hold to New Age practices and the Bible. They do not both jive. It does. I mean, the New Age doesn't jive with the New Age, to be completely honest with you. But um, yeah, it's it's the Bible and nothing else. It's it's Jesus and nothing else. It's Jesus that will save you at the end of the day, and that's that's it. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, if you've got questions for us, write those to us at saltysaintspodcast.com. Uh, send us a voicemail or a message or email or whatever, however you want to go about that. We would love to hear from you. We would love to pray for you. Please let us know how we can be praying for you uh, through those messages. Uh, check out our friends at lifeaudio.com. They have got tons of podcasts. They are our partners in crime on this podcast. Um, they've got stuff on reading your Bible, on daily devotionals, on, uh, parenting, whatever, all the stuff, get over there, check it out. It's a Christian podcast network. And, uh, until next time, stay salty. Hello. Hello. Quinice Petway here, co-host of the, your daily Bible verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word? one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's word.